Welcome, everyone, to another episode of maybe next year, the podcast throwing helmets at each other. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. And uh, we have a couple of things to talk about here in the preseason. There was a football game. The Bills won uh, 23-19 over the Indianapolis Colts in their very first uh, playoff game of the year. Um, I don't think they've matched the 20, I think it's 24 wins the Ravens have in the preseason. I saw this very happy infographic posted by the NFL uh, Twitter or X account. Um, and I thought that's terrible that someone had to sit there and make the you've won 24 preseason games in a row graphic. Um, Cause that, that should be ripped mercilessly, but the Bills did win this game. Um, they, uh, they, they led 10, seven and a half. And then they, they managed to beat the Colts 23 to 19 uh, the types of Sam Ellinger, Anthony Richardson, and Gardner Minshew um, all played football. And uh, Scott Scott was hot trot talking about this hot preseason action. So, Scott, I watched none of this, as I mentioned beforehand. I, I read some of the stat lines, and and I think I saw one highlight. Um, but uh, And I took note that we have somebody named Andy Isabella on our team, which is a, a, an awfully Italian name. Could be Spanish name. <laughs> Um, but I'd like for you to tell me how, how uh, the, the Bills played uh, this past Saturday at home on Kids Day at the, the stadium. Hi, Mark. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it, was, it doesn't sound like it was a, uh, a terrible waste of a day. Um, it seems like from what I can gather from my watching of, you know, 10 minutes of highlights and mm-hmm. the reading the accounts, Paul can, of course, fill in as he, as he chooses. Um, but it seems like, you know, it was a good game, good, good day for the defensive line, which is nice to see because we continue to invest so much money and time and effort into the defensive line. That and really picks. need to play well. <laughs> and draft picks and everything else. Um, and obviously this was not with, with, without, um, I think Von Miller. And I'm not sure if Floyd played, he didn't make the bad sheet, uh, as far as I can tell. Right. Like sure he was in as well but the fact they were still able to kind of get some pressure um is, is a good sign um the concerning sign and that's been repeating a couple places the offensive line does not look terribly settled um which is an extension of concerns we've had a bit at on and off at various points in the years like sometimes this line looks good and everyone's happy and it's it's, it's pass protecting josh and nobody cares about the run game anyway and then there are times when the, the, line, the line just kind of forgets its, you know, Wheaties that morning, and they, Josh Allen's ready to fly, and there's no, there's no holes for the game to open up there. So um, <clears throat> that's a little concerning, obviously, um, a lot writing on Osiris Torrance um, and kind of the, the, uh, the health of Spencer Brown, which is already a question of it, although he was, he was playing, I think. Um, so that's, that's not great. Um, there was the backup quarterback thing with Kyle Allen. I don't really care if Kyle Allen is good or bad right now. Uh, given that Matt Barkley is on the team and we're going to carry three quarterbacks, as long as one of them is healthy um, and can effectively move the offense, I think that's fine. We'll worry about, you know, if we need to get another third-string backup third-string quarterback, that's not the end of the world. Um, and other than that, yeah, I mean, I think on defense, uh, in terms of the secondary, secondary looked fine. Obviously, they just a big uh, interception, um, good, good, just kind of awareness on the field. 
um, whereas the other two guys, Elon and Bedford, did not had their kind of ups and downs, kind of like. Um, so that's not as settled as you'd like it to be. And um, obviously now we're we're concerned a bit about middle linebacker with Bernard now being hurt and Dotson not really playing, playing super awesome. Uh, Colts scored two rushing touchdowns, um, which is not, excuse me, I think two rushing touchdowns. I thought they had two touchdowns. Let me take a look. They, do that. they got the one on the interception. They got one on a rushing. I think they got two, and then they, yeah. they didn't do that. Jake yeah, Funk and Jason James Cook is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two touchdowns rushing yeah. for the Colts. Two so, non Jonathan Taylor to rushing yeah. touchdowns, too. Yeah. And and yeah, they both uh, they didn't they didn't go for the uh, the point after or they went for two or whatever. Um, so that's that's a little concerning on the the middle linebacker thing. Again, maybe uh, Scott's theory of the middle linebacker is not really an important position. We'll end up playing out in the Bills' favor this year, but um, you know it'd be better if we found some gem of you know like maybe someone we drafted a year ago who could play that position. But uh, apparently that, that's not going to be the case uh, very soon. So it is what it is. It's the preseason. Better to, to you know, win than, than lose. And, you know, if, if the only injury is Bernard, then it's not getting the world. So. Right. I think there was a defensive tackle way down on the list that was also injured. I can't remember his name. Um, but I, I he was not anybody thought to make the team. Um, and I, I, For his sake, I hope he's okay. But um, – Yes. Paul, any you know what, Paul? I'm I'm going to go second because I, I want right to. I I don't I know we don't do stars, uh, three stars for preseason. But if we did, I would I would truly believe and hope that the first star, and maybe even the second and third star, would go to Demar Hamlin um, for playing football uh, at a professional level. Just you know, eight months removed from uh, having a, a a deadly heart attack on the field. Um, the man died on the field and was brought back to life and then played football 10 months later. And to him, have him go through not just practice, but to play a football game. Um, that was sort of the only thing that I, that's the only thing that made me feel anything about this game. Let me put it that way. I mm-hmm. I, I just like, I, I had no thoughts about this game period, given the, the limited number of people playing. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that, Scott, you know, had, had some thoughts and went through it on highlights and that the, the team is doing that kind of stuff too. But for a terrible layman like me who, who can't reason or think, I went right for my big emotional story and was very happy to see Tamar Hamlin um, play and, and, and get, get some tackles and make a stat sheet. So that's all I wanted to say. And that, did you have any thoughts on it before we, before we moved on to uh, the next topic? Yeah, I've got uh, just minor thoughts. I think the... The Mar Hamlin thing is the big one. I didn't watch the game live, but the very first thing I made sure to replay was uh, DeMar Hamlin's first tackle, which was on a fourth and one play where he stuffed the uh, Colts player for no gain. That was really just an, an inspirational moment to see how far he's come. I think that the Bengals game was something like January 8th, maybe, or January 4th. It was early in the year, so just a little over seven months later, and he's out there on the football field and Seemed to do well in his playing time. You hope he, he makes the team. You know, that's something to to monitor. You know, everyone's rooting for him to make the team. The Bills obviously make the business decision there. But that was a quality start for him, uh, if you will. Quality start. He, he pitched six innings. He gave up three or fewer runs, uh, you know, the, the <laughs> football version of that. So that was nice to see. 
On the backup quarterback situation, you know, Scott rightly raises some some red flags there, but I'm going to hearken back to uh, former Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator uh, Tom Moore, long time a longtime coach, coach for almost 60 years, 84 years old now. Uh, and someone had once asked him, and I'm going to apologize for my language in advance, uh, asked him why Peyton Manning's backups weren't getting more reps. And he said, fellas, if 18 goes down, we're fucked. And we don't practice fucked. So <laughs> that that could be the thinking that, you know, the Bills have here. Uh, you know, you look at, yeah, it was a rough day for, for Kyle Allen. Uh, Matt Barkley performed very well in limited duty, but we also know that he has a a smaller skill set. You know, ideally he's not he's not the type of guy who's going to carry your team for weeks. So you really do have to hope for the health of Josh Allen. Um, it, it, he was he missed a lot in 2018. He missed a few games here and there in 2019. He's been pretty healthy since, but you know you're always to hit away. So you got to hope the Bills can avoid that fucked category. The Bernard injury. You know, I think Dotson was probably winning that battle anyway. Uh, it, so that, you know, give him time to recover. Let Dotson win. I kind of want to see how Dotson does in live game action. I do want to see if they bring in Taylor Rapp on in, on the dime defense, as we talked about, once the regular season gets into play. But really, nothing stood out too much about this game. I know Boogie Basham uh, drew a lot of, you know, praise. He was also, again, some not great linemen. So we'll see how that translates to the regular season. I think the practices are probably a better session of how Boogie is doing, and the Bills can assess whether he has indeed made that step in development or whether he's just going to look good on game film. He could be nice trade bait to you know maybe recoup some some of the lost cost of you know what they spent on him as a second round pick. But all in all, uh, it was a preseason game. I think with the Bills where they are in their uh, development right now, the preseason games don't mean. A heck of a lot. We kind of know what this team is. We know they're going to do a, little, a few new wrinkles here with Dalton Kincaid in the offense, with James Cook as the back. I think the old line's going to have the same system. The defense is going to look a little different with Sean McDermott calling the play instead of Leslie Frazier. But, you know, we know this team well enough that I, this, this to me is just all gravy until we get to the, uh, the, the Jets game. Until, yes, the Jets game, but then at some point in the season, it's going to feel like. Call me when it's January, which is nice, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, knock on. As your wife actually. used to say, it was a big. Uh, she was she was a Colts fan, and she would just tell you, "All right, I don't really care about this. Just let me know when the playoffs are starting." Because she the Colts were had that playoffs. attitude, and you know yep. they they did win one Super Bowl in May too. I got a lot of thoughts about that sort of teams that were meant to be you know, were surprised were not dynasties or didn't win as much. It, it's not really relevant here, but I know that the with um. Uh, I remember there was. Let's a w- what was let's, that? Let's hope it's. Let's hope, let's hope it's not relevant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like Scott would have a lot to say on this topic as a fan of the 1990s Braves. He would, but I feel like we have a lot to say on on the on the 2010s Nationals. Because, That's, yeah, true. Because here's where they were like, the best team in baseball. Couldn't do crap. Get in as a wild card. Win the whole right. thing. And so I've thought about that well, because I. I, I only want to say that I remember I just um, maybe it's because I'm looking at Twitter to to make sure I had today's practice notes right. But like the uh, the WGR guys had written an article two years ago. It wasn't a question of if the Bills would win the Super Bowl, but how many. And I just was like, God, you're you're a child. You don't understand because <laughs> because I didn't just live through the 90s Bills. I also lived through the 2020 10 Nats who 
yeah, they won a World Series. They won a World Series with basically nobody that they thought they would win a World Series with. Yeah. Like, basically none of those guys were there, and it was the at the end of this terrible window. And, like, I'm thrilled to bits that they won one. Um, just like I'm sure Scott is thrilled to bits with, with any time that the, 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 the Braves have won a World Series, you know? And the 2011, 2020, 2020, yeah, when I left, yeah. Yeah, the moment yeah, you they, left. The Braves right. didn't wait until you left the country, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Terrell Dotson does seem to be, uh, he, he seemed to, uh, he said that he's probably going to get the linebacker uh, line, sorry, the, the spot all uh, wrapped up. He was working on a, a new move today, the helmet toss move, um, which Spencer <laughs> Brown did not care for and started a big fight. And you know what? If we weren't recording today, I don't even know if I would talk about it, Paul, but I'm going to start with you. I'll start with me and then and throw to you. Just yeah. this this seems like uh, a lot of teams at this time of year, especially probably for a team that um, I, it's kind of they probably look at each other and they know they have to practice and they have to practice hard. But there's also a bit of like, well, what the fuck are we doing here? Because we all know what we're going to do. We're all ready to roll it out. And you just want the season to start. And uh, th- that's what I, I sort of wonder. I did get a chuckle about uh, Josh Helen yelling in the press conference to quiet down. Um, but <laughs> do you make anything of this other than I, I personally don't think it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's just a thing. And no, you, 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 you sum that up beautifully. You can be, okay. you, you could be hanging out with your best friend. Uh, but if you're hanging out with your best friend for 15 straight days, nonstop, you're going to piss each other off. You're going to hit, your teammate every day in practice, you know, banging up against the line against each other. Something's going to happen. Tempers are going to flare. I feel this happens every camp with probably almost every team. So a shame to see it, but it's bound to happen after two plus weeks of just knocking each other around. If you're home with two small children for the entire day, doesn't really matter how good or how bad they are. It's just going to happen. Yep. He's going to be the timeout. I, I was also aware that, and, you know. Oh, completely. Scott, I agree. And also, just with your significant other, uh, you're, it, some days you're just going to roll over and be like, what the fuck? And then they're going to say, fuck you. And then we're, you're both going to leave the room and you're going to come back later and someone's going to say, um, hey, does the oven light look weird to you? And they'll go, no, it, it looks fine. And then you just sort of go on with your day. Um, because, you know, Spencer Brown and Terrell Dotson and Josh Yellen, none of those guys are going anywhere. Okay. They're just going to play football. And so everybody just had a, a, you know, maybe had a little too much dairy last night and everybody was (laughs) grumpy. Um, okay. So we don't want to belabor the podcast, uh, with, with stuff. Um, we're very excited, uh, that, that, that we're starting to play football and this is all good, but we want to get to what we did and we're rearranging the order just a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to do this day in Bill's headlines. And that's because, as we mentioned last week, Wacky Schedule is now a joint effort because it's huge. It's a big deal. And we thought it might be more fun to, first of all, to, to take some of it off of Scott's shoulders. But, you know, get some different voices in there and, and, and see what else we can come up with. Um, so I'm going to do this day in Bill's headlines now. And we're going to finish with Paul's Paul's wacky schedule. Next week, will you will be privy to my wacky schedule, or, or next time we record, which I assume is next week. I will say that I feel like I've been appreciative of Paul 
doing this <laughs> segment for as long as he's been doing it. And I know it is a popular segment. Scott, I will say to you, um, I did not really realize the difficulty in doing this <laughs> segment every week. And now whenever we change the date, I used to think like, you know, just fucking roll with it, Paul. We're changing the date. It's fine. No big deal. Oh, my God. It is such an aggravating thing to look up these headlines. And, and you know, which is why I want to double down. Paul, in the future, please stick to the, well, I've already done the research. Please don't ever redo research for this ever, ever. Thanks. Everybody yes, should I be. Think, I think I'm at that point now. Like in the last okay, episode, good. it was supposed to be July 25th. And I'm like, screw it. We're going to stay with July 25th headlines. Every, I'm not redoing that. Every single person who enjoys this segment should, if you're within two months of the date, I feel like you should be happy that Paul did it at all. Because this was a fucking nightmare and I only had to do it once. Um, so, are there fans of, like, fans of like August 16th out there that are like, God damn it. Why, why isn't he doing August 16th? Well, I, I, here's the thing, Scott. Those people are going to be a little bit happy because I'm going to tell you, not a lot happens in the middle of August in football season. And so many of the of the headlines are family day is back and uh, training camp in in St. John Fisher today. And like there's no good headline. And so and then if you look on August 15th, a lot of times you get stories about August 14th. So I looked on August 16th to find some stories about August 15th. So these are stories from both August 15th and August 16th. I'm going to yep, look. It's a, it's a whole thing. And then the, the struggle you could find too, Jim Kelly signs with the Bills on August 18th. And you're thinking, oh, what a great headline I need to point out. But then you're like, I can't really make that a trivia tidbit because, oh, uh, it's not Frank Reich. It's going to be Jim Kelly. So, you know. Right. There's like only- that's stupidly obvious. The other thing yeah. that happened too, sometimes like, if you don't put the date in the search engine right, it's it it brings up an article that's like one of the ones was Marquise Goodwin was qualifying for the Olympics. I go, this is great. We can ask about Marquise Goodwin when he's doing track and field. It'll be awesome. And it wasn't an August 15th headline. They were saying if he qualified, the Olympics would be on August 15th and 18th oh. and he would be missing training camp. And I'm like, well, that's not a headline that I can use now. <laughs> so anyway. I just, you know, kudos to to, to Paul. Peeling back, peeling back the, the layers here. Yes, yes, right. This is this is this is a huge deal, and and I have new appreciation for my good friend Paul, who puts great effort into this. And I thought, if mine are shitty this week, all the better because it makes us appreciate <laughs> what a great job Paul does. So I have five headlines, and on all a right. couple, and on a couple of them. It's going to be a round robin. How many names can we get? Kind of situation. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um, and so Ooh. we're just going to go with it. They go. They range from 2006 to 2021. I didn't have the uh, energy to look it up, but I did find one tidbit from my book, Relentless: um, The History of the Buffalo Bills by Sal Mayorana, which is unfortunately not exactly a Bills headline, but it happened on August 15th. The Bills lost their preseason opener to Atlanta 19 to 14 as the Falcons rallied for 10 points uh, in the fourth quarter. This is what I liked. In Miami, the Dolphins played their first game in Joe Robbie Stadium against the Bears. That game served as the first NFL broadcast on ESPN. Huh. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, 
So there we go. That was, but that's not really a Bills headline. So we're going to start with the Bills headlines no, that's now. Cool. No more, no more delays. We come out here to win. This is from August fifteenth, twenty twenty one. We right. come out here to win. Blank and blank shine in Bill sees Bills preseason opener. I thought they both played well. McDermott said again, great to see both of them have success. They work extremely hard, and we're going to continue to try and give them as many reps as we can. Now, if you're not sure what position these two players play, let me tell you, they play the same position, and it is a position that is 100% not in doubt on the Buffalo Bills. If there is one position that is not in doubt in 2021, it is this position, and these two guys are playing for the backup position. Okay, so... 100% not in doubt. Well, I'm thinking quarterback, Scott. I don't know what you're thinking, but that's what's going uh, on. I was, given he said two, and he's talking about these two guys, and they're kind of in the same breath, it makes me think of a pair. And so that makes me think of either Hyde and Foyer or um, Edmonds and Milano as the right. starters. And then the backup would be um, Dodson and somebody. These two guys yeah. were. Com- I, I'm just. I'm just going to help you out, Scott. Go ahead and go with Paul's reasoning here. Yeah, uh, these guys. I mean, were I in know competition. The, the guy who won the backup job in 2021, I believe, was Mitch Trubisky. Was it not? Well, I don't know if he did that, but he's not either of the names not that are one here. of the guys. So we could no. be looking at third string quarterbacks, potential third string quarterbacks from two years ago. God, this is hard. I can this never is make fantastic. I one thousand percent am happy that this is hard for Paul already. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You are one thousand percent that right. Mitch, right that Mitchell Trubisky won the backup job. Um, one of these guys was the uh, he was the practice. Oh, wait, squad wait, 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 wait! I think I've got one. Before I forget it, is it uh, uh, da- not da- uh, the He's he went to the giant Davis Webb. Davis Webb, quarterback. Davis Webb. Which I believe he was LSU. Is that right? Yep. I was looking up yep. these guys earlier. Davis Webb was no Davis Webb uh was uh uh UC Berkeley. Um, right. And I think he went to the Giants. Now he's a quarterback's coach for the Broncos. Right. Our other and guy the other guy was the draft pick. Yeah. A lower draft pick, and he ended up not making it or went to the oh, practice squad and up signed with the Giants. Hold on. What did, what did Scott say? It's Jake from State Farm. Yes. He went to the Giants and is currently with the Commanders. Oh, hey. So Davis mm-hmm. Webb and um, although uh, 2022 to present star, so which means he's just an offseason guy. But, yeah, Jake Fromm and Davis Webb were both fighting in 2021, and neither one of them made it, as it turns out. Um, all, all right. right. I'm glad we tag team that one, Scott. That was very nice, good. nice teamwork. Scott. Okay. This is your first, this yeah. is your first yeah. one where I'm going to ask you to guess the headline, but then there's a bonus question, bonus follow-up question. August 15th, 2018 blank. How former England rugby star plans to fill NFL dream with Buffalo bills. Well, that's gotta be Christian, Christian Wade. Wade. Of course, of course yeah. it's Christian Wade. I thought either of you guys were going to go. Who Christian is Wade. right. But here's your bonus question. Wade, meanwhile, this is the this is the sentence. Wade, meanwhile, is re- reveling in the camaraderie of his Buffalo Bills running back core, appreciating, he says, the banter and teasing dished out in large doses by one, two, three, four, five, six, 
and seven running backs currently on the roster in 2018 who mercilessly mock his London accent pronunciation. How many of these seven running backs from August 15, 2018 can you name? I think I can name two. I can okay. name LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy is one of them. That's correct. And Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory is not on the team at this point. Oh, okay. Or he's not in this list. Uh, he's not in the list because he definitely played for the Bills in 2018, but he's not on this list. Okay. Right. Um, two of the so, guys. Oh, go, go ahead, Scott. You go, you guess, and then I'll start giving clues. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, fullbacks and things. Yeah, I was thinking DeMarco. So, would like, he be one of them? Pat DeMarco is one of them. That's correct. All right. Um, um, and then you want to back it up, so you need – is it one of the – it's not um, – Williams? Yeah, Antonio Williams. No, not Antonio Williams. Uh, one of them is, would be the senior statesman of ancient running backs that – this. he's sort of the – Oh, Frank uh, Gore? Frank Gore, prototypical Frank. ancient running back to, to create a pre- right. pre- presence. Yeah. Um, How about Mike Tolbert? No, not Tolbert. Yep, no, right. one of them is a rookie. Rookie. Okay. Oh, uh, rookie whose name you would know. Twenty eighteen. They they hadn't drafted Singletary yet. He was a twenty nineteen draft. Didn't pick. they? They did. I, is it Singletary? <laughs> sure, twenty eighteen. Because I could have sworn Singletary was a twenty nineteen pick. But he I am winning Devin Singletary. Joined May 2019. So what's he doing in this 2018 headline? Ooh, maybe it's a 2019 headline, which would explain why Chris Ivory wasn't in here. Oh, well, then you've gotten a bunch right, and I've gotten the year wrong. You see already, I'm terrible. Okay, so <laughs> let's call it a 2019 headline. Um, okay. All right, so we've got Singletary, Gore, McCoy, and uh, DeMarco. So we got right. three to go. So we have one, two, three. If you get these three, um, one of them is a special Taiwan Jones. No, a different special oh. teamer. A different guy. A guy that we kept asking, why is he on the team if he's not going to make the game? Oh, uh, TJ Yeldon? Yes. TJ Yeldon. Nice. TJ Yeldon. Okay. We have another one who is a Chicago Bear, a, a Miami Dolphin, and a Tennessee Titan. He went to Frank college. Playing back he went to Louisville. Um. Mm. He's the first person to wear the jersey number 32 for the Buffalo Bills since O.J. Simpson. Oh, oh God. What was his? He was also and, a special teams guy. Yeah, and I remember he, you said he was a Dolphin. He also – okay, he was a Bear, and he shared a name with maybe the most famous Chicago Bear from the 80s ever. Walter – No, a Chicago Bear who was in G.I. Joe. Oh, William the Refrigerator Perry. So it's – oh, Senorice Perry. Yes, Senorice Perry. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. All right, and I'm pulling These up the last guy. Hits, uh, I'm pulling up hits. the last guy. The last guy was a seventh-round pick by the New Orleans Saints before he was on the Jets and Colts practice squad. He was the, with the Bills from 2017 to 2018, which, again, why is this – this is, this is confusing because in – Oh, you know what? Because in, in 2019, he wasn't, he was waived on August 31st, 2019 by the Bills. 
Um, mm. So this guy, basically, I think you'd have to know him in order to get him. I can't see yeah. he's... You'd have to meet immediate family. No, this right. Uh, he, he played with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2021. I'm going to let this one go so we can get to the next one. This is Marcus yeah. Murphy of Missouri. Oh, yeah. Okay. I can, he did get some regular season time, so I have a vague recollection of him, but I would have right. forgotten about him. What? I'm very happy with how many you got. All right, August 16th, 2014, Argonauts fan plan a blank CD burning party. Rather than being suspicious of Toronto football fans, not hopes the Bills supporters will see potential oh, allies. Bye. Yes, we want bye, Buffalo Jody. Bills fans. You, you got it to realize that we're not the em- enemies. It's Rogers and Tannenbaum and blank Bon Jovi said not, who was a spokesperson for the movement to destroy Bon Jovi CDs in Toronto, job, which I thought was awesome. Okay. Here is your second. How many can you get? Cause I feel like this is going to be an easier headline. So how many of these names can you get? August 16th, 2011 bills wave goodbye to former first round pick blank. Oh, Aaron Mabin. <laughs> you killed it. Aaron yeah. Mabin, who I looked up <laughs> and I am thrilled to find out is an artist in Baltimore and he sells yep. his paintings very well. And so he seems to have a whole life that is not football because yep. I want to rag on his football forever. And it makes me feel better knowing he has a life well, that fulfills him outside of it. To, to be fair, a life paid for almost certainly by being a first round pick in the NFL Yep. And wisely investing that money when you realize you have not the talent to play in this league. Yeah, well, okay. yes. Yeah. You know what's funny Enjoy is Tim painting. Graham did a feature on him when he be- about his artists and stuff, and every commenter on that article was you, Scott. That was exactly <laughs> what every commenter <laughs> I have to say, I went through the, 2000, sorry, the 2009 draft. I'm not too thrilled with it. It was kind of a bad draft. You, there's some good linebackers like Brian Cushing and Brian Arakpo. The, the Packers took BJ Raj and Clay Matthews and another guy who made the Pro Bowl. And I'm like, they they cleaned up. But like on the whole, I don't know. Like not a great year overall, but still Aaron Mabin was a was a bomb amongst bombs. But anyway, this was the part I wanted to, to read to you. Um, this is from the, the the article. It is becoming clear that the Bills are trying to distance themselves from draft mistakes made during the Marv Levy-Dick Duran area. Of the players drafted in the first three rounds from 2006 through 2009, only one, two, three, four players remain on the roster, and no one from the entire 2000 draft is, 2007 draft is on the roster, a draft which included free, uh, first the Bills' first three-round picks. One, two, and three. So you have two. You have two questions. Who were the first three picks in two thousand seven? And the other question are: Who were the four people still on the team in two thousand eleven who had been drafted two thousand six to two thousand nine? Let's so, see. In the first three rounds, I'll, I'll start with the four. I, I, I'm guessing Leotis McKelvin's still with the team. Leotis McKelvin is still on the team. Okay, so there's one, and then mm-hmm. is Whitner still on the team at this point? No, Whitner is not on the team. Uh, you got a guy who made the playoffs on this team or didn't know, just missed. Oh, Eric Wood. Yes. Yes. He you did have his, and you have his partner in crime who. Oh, yep. Andy Levitri. Andy Levitri, who ended up playing yep. for the Falcons. And you have one more guy who was a pretty good safety. Pretty good. Oh, Jairus Bird. Jairus Bird. So those are the only yeah. four people left uh, there. Now, the first three picks. Also gone 
from the 2011 2007, draft. Or so from from the 2007 the, draft, excuse right. me. Correct. One of them's got to be John yeah. McCargo. No. 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 You have two guys. There's a very famous story about two guys in the draft room, in the draft meeting, uh, pre-draft meetings together. Um, All right. Uh, but let me see. Seven. Let's see. They weren't they weren't drafting receivers yet because they had Josh Reed, Lee Evans had already been drafted. You have one guy. All right. Well, who is that, Scott? Was it EJ or Trent Paul? No, because EJ was 2013, and Trent. Actually, wait, yeah, Trent would be a third-round pick. Trent was the third-round pick in 2007. Now you got the first two picks. Who was taken with Trent Edwards? Um, think you got to think in the in the aughts, and every time we talked about the Bills, you we would all talk to each other and say, "Why are they taking another blank running back?" Uh, So So Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. And there's a famous story about Marshawn Lynch and the second round pick where they were saying, now, look, you guys are sitting next to each other, but there's no way the same team are taking you and him. And then they ended up taking those two guys. Hmm. Oh, did we take? McGahee. No, McGahee was 2003 or four. Yeah, he was was earlier. And then this guy was. No, we we got Lynch. Later. I want to say Skiller was like 20. This guy's not a running back. Okay, second round guy's not a running back. His favorite player of all time is Shane Conlon. And if you think about Shane Conlon, that makes total sense. Paul Puzlesny? Paul Puzlesny. That's right. Penn State's Paul Puzlesny, who um, Bills fans absolutely – I believe I compared him to Steve Lombardozzi, uh, which (laughs) if you know anything about Steve Lombardozzi, that makes sense. And if you don't, better enough said. All right, this is your last headline. You guys have done really well. Um, August 16th, 2006 – Buffalo QBs blank and blank won't give up the fight to be number one. My back is against the wall, blank said. This might be my only shot this weekend to go out there and turn some heads and say, hey, we need to take a better look at him. Um, so this is 2006. So it's got to be Lossman. No, go so on. Lossman's yep. the guy, right? Well, so the guy, Lossman's okay. the guy. These guys are still trying. These guys are fighting Lossman before for that year. So now you have to name the two terrible quarterbacks um, that the Buffalo Bills also had yeah. with him. One of which started for the Bills. I believe he started for the Bills. I'm going to check it up now. All right. And one of them was like a Green Bay cast off with a stupid mm. name. And he went back to Green Bay after the Bills cut him. I and I keep wanting to say Jeff Tool. It's not Jeff Tool because he it was is later. Not- one guy, one guy started eight games for the uh, Buffalo Bills. That's not the guy you're talking about, but you okay, are, no, yeah, the eight game you, guy I should get. So 2006, eight games for the Bills. Battling first, what? Kelly Holcomb. Kelly Holcomb. That's right. right. Um, so let me get um, the other guy. I want to read this guy's stat lines. Right, he never threw a pass for Buffalo in a, in a regular season game. He paid, mm-hmm. He played 2003, 2004, and 2007 for the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Yep, that fucking Packers guy. Listen, listen to this stat line, by the way, for his career. 30 of 48, which is 62.5% yard completion percentage, 402 yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 123.8 uh, quarterback rating. This guy never started a game. He, he showed up in... <laughs> He showed up in six games for the Packers, yeah. 
Barely he would have been backup. Right. He would have been Favre's backup, and Favre played every game. Let me see what else I can tell you about him. Yeah, and I remember, and I even remembered it was a Green Bay guy because he came to the Bills like, hey, this guy might get a shot to win the job, and it was clear in preseason like he's fine, this, but he's nothing special. This guy went to LSU and then went to Northwestern State uh, to, to sort of you know get some playing time from Alexandria, Louisiana. He played for the Packers, the Scottish Claymores, the Buffalo Bills, the Houston Texans, the Green Bay Packers, the Houston Texans, and then the Florida Tuskers of the hmm. UFL, who didn't even last as the Florida Catuskers. They became the Virginia Destroyers before the UFL um, folded. If you can get this guy's name, you're a hero. Um, but uh, I think that's an amazing stat line for a guy who never started yeah, a football yeah. game in the NFL. It's not bad. He can put a, hand his football card out to <laughs> any woman he's trying to pick up, pretty much. Okay, Scott, do we want to ask for a first name and think maybe – He's he's a very common first name, yeah. um, and but it could uh, still help. His uh, contract I, might be blank and void. Oh, uh, Craig Nall. Craig Nall. Nall and void. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. So look, that that is this day in Bill's headline for today. Because again, all the headlines are terrible in the middle of August. And yeah. Um, Anyway, the, the 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 larger point being, you guys did fantastic because I threw four backup quarterbacks at you, um, many of which <laughs> didn't make the team. This, this, and this shit is so tough on the Centurions. Like, to like Craig, Craig, even like Senior East Perry is a name I would have <laughs> known. Like, I'd have been like, yeah. I hardly not getting Senior East Perry, and then it takes like <laughs> mentioning famous Bears of the '80s who are in GI Joe. I'm like Perry. Oh, right, it, it, it man. This is I. I'm not making fun Frank, of you guys ever. What was that, Scott? Frank, that, that was a good. One. There were some. There were some good ones on there. There were ones that we haven't haven't done before. Um, right. Well crafted. Um, you know, the joy of, of playing is half the fun. Right? Well, thank you. This is a lot of fun, and it was it was fun to do this part with you. The research was terrible. It was fun <laughs> yeah. to try and lead you down the path. Um, and maybe we need to do that that this kind of thing a bit more, where we switch up roles and. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but that, that was fun. And I'm glad Paul enjoyed himself, um, because you deserve the treat of this game, which is a lot of fun. And now it is your turn to talk and, and get yeah. us some wacky schedule. Speaking of switching up. Roles, I first time, yeah. I first time I ever get to come up with an answer to wacky schedule. Yep. So, all right. We have progressed to week seven in the season, October 22nd. The bills are going to play at the new England Patriots in a 1 p.m. game at Foxborough. All of that is normal. Um, here's what's going on here. You know, guys, we, we all talk about it all the time. We, we all love the Immaculate Grid, correct? We play it, play it regularly. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is the Immaculate mm -hmm. Grid game. So if you play for the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots, you know, nowadays, you're not eligible to play in this game. Only the 85 players who've played for both franchises are eligible to play in this game. And the team they play on will be the team they played more games with. So uh, note that these players are all going to be returned to their peak condition 
for this game. So you're going to okay. get the, you know, okay. very best of, 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 of all of these players. So I'm, I am I'm, not, I initially had in mind to do like a full 22 person roster for each. And I'm like, that's fucking insane. So that sounds, it also sounds 100% like you. That's, <laughs> yes. I almost did. And then I was getting tough. And then there were players who played like one game in 1968 for the Boston Patriots. I'm like, this is pointless. <laughs> So I wound it back. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the Bills offense and the Bills, some, some Bills offensive highlight players and defensive highlight players, and then the same for the Patriots. And you're going to tell me who is going to win this battle. Again, they're all in their peak condition. So, so let's start with New England. New England will trot out on offense a combination that includes uh, Drew Bledsoe, mm-hmm. Sam Gash, uh, Roland Moss, Bob Capadonna and uh, a little-known guy, but but someone I, uh, named Don Calhoun. He was a running back who led the NFL in uh, yards per carry in 1976 with an offensive line anchor by the great Walt Kudzik, a, a multiple, multi-time pro bowler. Defense, their front seven, Alan Branch, speaking of immaculate grid guys, uh, Boston Patriots' Jim Kaunsky. Then you're going to put Brandon Spikes in there and Lawyer Malloy, Malloy at defensive back. So there's your... There's your New England team on both sides of the ball. Your Bills team, your offense will feature quarterback Doug Flutie, mm-hmm. running back Antoine Smith, Marlon Briscoe, wide receiver. You're going to have Scott Chandler at tight end, Larry Centers at fullback, and then the offensive line will be anchored by center Mike Montler. Your defense, your front seven will have Ted Washington, Fred Smurlis. Uh, linebacker Larry Jacobs, who made two Pro Bowls with Buffalo in the, the 70s. And the defensive back will be Stephon Gilmore. So I will throw this one first to Frank to assess with these players which team's going to win this game. This is good because I feel like Scott should have a little lead-in time to his his debut. Yes, he's never had to think about this before. Um, Mike Montler was an American football guard from the, the, the 60s. He just passed away in 2018. Rest in peace, oh. Mike. Um, wow. Okay. I think it's funny because you say like Flutie and Antoine Smith, and I'm like, I feel like that just was a team. I feel like we're just like, <laughs> I feel like we're just rolling or, out. The- <laughs> or it was 25 years ago that they were playing together. <laughs> right. It's like yeah. we're just rolling out the 1999 Buffalo Bills <laughs> or 1998 Buffalo Bills against yeah. kind of the 1998 Patriots with a couple of different people. And yeah, because Centers was a little bit, I think Centers was with the Bledsoe Bills. And mm-hmm. then obviously Scott Chandler was with the Fitzpatrick Bills. I'm going to say it's October, right? So not, it's not, this is an important detail. This is October, correct? Yes, this is an October game. It is an October 22nd game. Okay, so then this is what's happened. The the Bills are – Doug Flutie, when he gets to a game, it's already panic time for the Buffalo Bills. I feel (laughs) like he's constantly playing under a state of panic. Um, and like impossible things happening. So I feel like this is one of those games where he's going to do something awesome and they're going to win. Cause that's kind of his move is Doug Flutie sort of makes like impossible good things happen. Um, and so I think that, you know, you're going to get a good running game out of Smith. I don't have a lot of faith in Gilmore, to be honest. Um, I'll tell you, Scott Chandler's kind of a waste of time, unfortunately, when he's a, when he's a Buffalo Bill. Um, 
So he's not going to, he's not impressing me. I feel like the thing is Bledsoe is a, this is late enough in the season that Bledsoe he's, even though he's in peak condition, he's very accurate. Um, you know, I think the bills will be able to get to him and I think it'll be a frustrating game. Uh, for Bledsoe. And I think this is one of those Doug Flutie's pulls ones out of his ass kind of games um, based solely on the calendar date. Um, and I say the Bills win this one. I'm going to say 19 to nineteen nineteen to 17. And he gets them into, they were down 16, 17, and he gets them into field goal position on a ridiculous scramble. Um, and then they, they kick the field goal and that's how they, they win the game. All right, I like that, Scott. Um, I like um, I like I like Frank's pick. That's also my pick. I like the Bills here. Um, I think the critical thing to me is I just from not being a, a Boston Patriots expert. It seemed like there were a fair bit of those on the the Pat side. A little more. Seemingly from the modern era slash the kind of nineties two thousands on the <laughs> bills kind of side, which makes me now that might just be an idiot, and I don't know. But and maybe the the I guess on the defense the Pats have a bit more with Malloy and Spikes. But Spikes is never really that good. He's a run stopping linebacker. And mm-hmm. Bills are going to do kind of running with him anyway. Um, but uh, but I think so. It, the point being. Uh, modern era players uh, peak physical condition going to be better than the peak physical condition of 70s and 60s players, right? Almost certainly just Absolutely. based on kind of advances in nutrition, medicine, science, um, kind of, you know, they're full-time athletes and not, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to do some roofing in the summer too. Kind of help pay the <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, that might be going a little far back in the machine, but uh, whatever. Um, I'm going to say the bills, you know, it's not like the Patriots aren't going to be in this game. I think they had a good chance. I think it's a little more high scoring. I like the Bills uh, 28-21. Scott, Scott, you made me think of like a flanker and Drew Bledsoe, and the guy's confused that he can run forward to catch the ball, and, and Drew Bledsoe is just <laughs> mystified that this, this guy is. A- <laughs> yes, you guys, I cannot ball. tell you. How excellent you guys are at this. You've, you've hit upon the key element that I was going to hit upon. One, you are both correct. It is the Bills who are winning. Two, it is time is the key element here because I know they're in peak condition. But this game is a 2023 game. So because the better Patriots players are from older times, like Capadonna and Calhoun, they're not going to be running route trees properly against Stefan Gilmore. They're not, you know, that's going to be an easy shutdown for him. Walt Kudzik, great in his damn and offensive line. But guess what? You can't just slap a guy in the head and grab his face mask and drag him to the ground. That's that's not that might be holding on a on a bad day in the 60s. That's probably personal foul and possible ejection uh this day. I think the modernity of the Bills that Scott pointed out gives them a big advantage. Uh Frank pointed out the other thing I wanted to mention, which is Doug Flutie's going to kind of uh run wild here. Uh, I think Lawyer Malloy is the only one on defense who really could help to contain Flutie. Branch can't get to the outside very well. Chayonski will be a fossil, even in his peak condition. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Spikes, again, run-stuffing guy, but he's got to at least respect the pass, and Flutie's going to prevent that. So I'm going to say the score is right in the middle of where you guys said, somewhere around that, let's say 24 to 20-ish 
range. Going to be a sloppy game, a lot of penalties. So well done. I'm going to take a quick swig of water here. And the, old Mar- go. the old Marco Rubio, as we... Yes, the old Rubio. That's a good title for a podcast. All right. Uh, week 8, October 26th. The Bills will play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8.15 p.m. on Prime Video, Thursday night football. Now, there's a big advantage for Bills players here. The Bills 2023 roster is going to get a second straight week off. Uh, it's Halloween season, and that means it's time for the Bills and Bucks to square off in an epic battle of horror movie villains. Now, the Bills, being the older franchise, are going to be led by the classic villains. So here are the 11 players the Bills will line up. These players will play both ways, offense and defense. Um, so you can put you can put the positions wherever you want. You can you can take this wherever you feel is appropriate. Right. So Buffalo's 11 are as follows. From The Shining, Jack Torrance. From Halloween, Michael Myers. From A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger. Uh, Jason Voorhees of Friday the 13th fame. Pinhead of Hellraiser fame. Chucky from the Child's Play series, the Candyman, the Tony Todd Candyman, not that new lame Candyman thing. Uh, Annie Wilkes from Misery, uh, Carrie White from Carrie, Leatherface, and my personal favorite, who none one will know, uh, from my favorite uh, horror movie, Mary Lou Maloney from Hello, Mary Lou Prom Night 2. Now, since they are an older team, they kind of want someone who's... Yeah, I'm a little offended that that's the older team that we, it's not Dracula Frankenstein yeah. because I now feel Dracula, fucking yeah. ancient. Thank you, yeah. Paul. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No Tell problem. me the newer team. What what what, sure. what snappers have you come up with for the newer team? <laughs> All right, then the newer team coming up in a second. I will tell you the coach of the Bills team. They need someone who has 20th century roots that can relate to them, but also who understands the kids nowadays because they need to know what to expect from their opponents, and that, of course, is Ghostface. Okay. From the Scream franchise. All right. Tampa Bay. I have a feeling you're going to be less familiar with some of these, though I know Scott knows at least a couple of these uh, from prior discussions. Uh, so Tampa Bay will have the Babadook from the Babadook. Okay. Annabelle from Annabelle. The brutal and terrifying Art the Clown from Terrifier. If you don't know him, just think of Pennywise, but more violent. Uh, for the, the hottest player on either team, the Babysitter. From the babysitter movie, uh, played by that uh, actress sure. who I always forget her name, but yeah. from The Witch. What's her name, Scott? Yes, thank you. I'm uh, familiar, but I'm going to call her name. All right, excellent. Uh, they will have The Invisible Man, played by Adrian Griffin in 2020, for those of you who saw that Elizabeth Moss movie. They will have Rose, Rose Armitage from Get Out. They will have uh, Gabriel from Malignant, who lives in the back of a woman's head. Hopefully that makes sense to you. You will have Esther from The Orphan. Uh, you will have Jean Jacket from Nope. You will have Black Philip from The Witch, who is a goat, by the way, if you have not seen that. And lastly, you will have Megan uh, from the crazy AI concoction that will stop at nothing to protect her family. Um, right. Now, their coach, conversely to Buffalo... They need someone whose origins are newer, 21st century origins, but is also a great tactician who's a little more old school, was around when the old villains were kind of struggling in middling franchises. And that is, of course, Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. Okay. So I kicked it off to Frank first last time. So, Scott, do you care to 
uh, reminisce on on how this game's going to go. Yeah. Yeah, this one, um, this one is a tough one. I am extremely concerned <clears throat> about the Invisible Man, the real matchup nightmare, if you will, in the sense of you can't see him, um, <laughs> but catch, catch passes. Um, trying to think how the Bills can neutralize him. Probably Freddie has to get – Freddie's really got to be our DB and wide receiver because he's got to – I mean, he's gonna. If he, he's gonna be the DB, he's gotta get into the Invisible Man's head and really just kind of, you know, you know, get all up in his nightmares and kind of shut him down. Because otherwise, you don't, don't care, take care of him. He's just gonna eat you up on the outside. Um, I'm, I'm trying to break down some of these other matches here. Um, honestly, I think if we can, if the Bills can do that, I like our chances. You know, there's not, there's. Other than this, I mean, like, yeah, creepy clown's not great, and you know, you got some kind of, you know, dark gothy kind of um, kind of people in here. You know, Rose from Get Out, yeah, she's like mental and crazy and stuff, but she's not, you know, she's not taken down. Um, this is a football I mean, game, guess, Rose. Like, what do you? Yeah, do you she's do? she's a flat out human being yeah. here. So yes, yeah. I mean, she's just a regular human being. Carrie is literally going to like turn her inside out with mind power. So, like, I'm pretty sure the Bills, assuming that Freddy can lock up Invisible Man, I think I like our chances. Um, you know, we got Leatherface, we got, we got um, you know, Jack Torrance with the axe, you know, whacking people left and right. Um, obviously, we're going to have to hide Chucky. He's going to have <laughs> to kind of be the middle. He might be the middle linebacker on our kind of 2000s-style defense <laughs> here where the middle linebacker does <laughs> Like, I mean, like... What's he gonna do? Like, Chuck can take care of a lot of Achilles tendons. I'm just saying, he's down there with his knife. Yes, I mean, whack it away. (laughs) It just seems like really. Um, I think the refs are gonna call that. I don't know. know, know, They can only call what they can see, Scott. With these these lineups on the field on each side, there's gonna be a lot of stuff to look out for. A lot of knives on the field at once. You can only, and if you're looking at Michael Myers with a knife and Chucky with a knife, you're playing, playing closer attention to Michael Myers. I'm just saying. I interjected. I'm sorry. This, this is, is your part. This is great. This is fair. So anyway, I think I like the Bills. I think there's, yes, there's a lot of blood on the field at the end of this. A lot of, there's a lot of spare parts and knives, and, and not a lot of fans are, are making it out of this game line. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on with so I think um, this. I think, I think it's a good win. I think I think you know maybe Invisible Man gets loose for one certain one or two, and then after that it's it's a build all the way. So I'll say Bills uh, thirty eight, um, Buccaneers uh, twenty one. Oh my God! I'm crying laughing. That might, <laughs> that might be the single best thing I've ever heard of my life. Okay. Um, so the problem with the invisible man is the quarterback doesn't know where he's <laughs> Sorry. I'm just laughing at that statement. Please right. continue. The the no, problem with the throws pro- the route. You have to anticipate the throws. You have to do that whether you can see the receiver or not. <laughs> what do you think? You think Josh Allen waits to see Stefan Diggs when he turns on the in route? Okay. Also, okay. You can could also be lining up offside every play. You don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> it is a problem. 
Okay, you have to practice it. Okay, so I don't know how much practice time. Now listen, is there anybody on the team that can anticipate the route? Maybe Megan, the AI, maybe she's got a chance if she's not doing that weird fucking dance from all the commercials that she did. Um, I think the (laughs) real problem is, it's funny, you, you point out Chucky. I think Chucky is the only person on the team with any fucking speed on the Bills. Because if I have to watch Jason Voorhees... Yeah, he's the Roscoe Parrish of this team. But if I have to watch Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers take the ball and do something with it, I'm going to get old watching it. Now, listen, if you're allowed Mm -hmm. to just magically appear wherever the worst place is for the other team, then we're in good shape because those guys just sort of seem to be around the corner. Okay, but last I checked, there's nowhere to hide on a football field. So I'm worried. I think that this is probably a Buccaneers win because, as you point out, that they if if they know where the invisible man's supposed to be, then that's going to be really hard to do. I appreciate Freddy Krueger's got a chance here, but he's got to kind of get into somebody's head to do it. I don't know how many people he can take down, especially given the fact that a lot of these guys are. People are mythical creatures. I I think we all agree, agree, unfortunately, that Rose is like the absolute weak link on both teams here because she's just human. (laughs) Honestly, she sort of set herself up to be chased by 21 other monsters, as far as I can tell. Um, (laughs) Well, Annie Wilkes, too, also fully human. So, you know, they (laughs) each other And and, I mean, Carrie's got some chops, but how long is she going to last? You know, I I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, like a lot of people who underestimated Carrie, didn't really involve for them. That's true. That's true. But I, you know, she, how many? She killed a bunch of high school kids. All right, let's let's calm down here. It's not like she. With, with her- <laughs> Look, no, 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 no. It's my time to talk. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Okay. <laughs> she beat big. De- she beat the Jaguars. Big fucking deal. Okay. Come come and play somebody for real, and let's see how you do. Um, okay. Okay, so that's kind of my thoughts on Carrie, as long as she's not in my house somewhere now. Um, you know, and I, again, look, tacti- the tactician Jigsaw, I mean, if, if, if Carrie Hughes is, is if, if, if the Princess Bride is calling you a bastard while he's sawing off his own fucking leg, I think you're doing something right. So uh, I'm gonna, I think this is a Bill's Lost. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be the Bucks in a, in a bloodbath, if I could make yeah. it. Thank you. A very literal bloodbath. Uh, and I think Frank hit, much of the major points I want. Unfortunately, this is indeed a Tampa Bay victory. As mentioned, what do you and Scott mentioned you, what do you do about the invisible man on both sides of the ball? Jigsaw can say, you know, to the quarterback, who I'm envisioning is probably, you know, Art the Clown, uh, just based on arm strength, maybe Gabriel for malignant. Um, just say, okay, you throw it right to the 40-yard line. The invisible no one's gonna be over there except the invisible man. No one's gonna see him. So you've got Free offensive weapons there. Frank did a beautiful job mentioning one of the key factors here. Megan is a, like an AI being. She will be able to pick any – you can't communicate from the sideline because she's going to just pick it all up. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to get any signals that are coming from one end. I think the only hope really for the Bills team is instead of the Omaha audibles, if someone uses a Candyman audible and accidentally says it five times – yeah. And he shows up and slashes the throat from behind. Granted, that's probably a 15-yard penalty and an ejection. Um, but nonetheless, there's too much speed on the Tampa on the Tampa Bay side. There's too much modernity, whereas the Bills' modernness was the advantage in the Pats game. It is their weakness in this game. 
we got to go with the new school villains. And I agree with Frank. This is going to be, in fact, uh, a bloodbath, probably a 21 point or more loss. Didn't even mention Gene Jagger from Nope, who can literally just swallow up all the people on the field if he wants to. Kind of yeah. makes it easy to tackle. So, all right. So we're one and one here in this, uh, this edition. I'll get through these next three a little more quickly. Uh, so this is at the Bengals, 8.20 p.m. on NBC, Sunday night football, second straight night football game. Now this is going to be my version of the just a football game because we're not doing anything supernatural or, or grandeur here. Mm-hmm. We often talk about how teams would do with a QB swap, but we're going to flip that on its head. The teams will be swapping wide receivers. Wow. So joining Josh Allen will be Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd, and and Trenton Irwin, uh, regarded rookie. And then joining the Bengals for Joe Burrow will be Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Deontay Harry, and Khalil Shakir. And I believe it is Frank's turn to go first. I think if it's just wide receivers and the Bills get to keep their tight ends, I'm all over the Bills in this one. I think that Stefan Diggs is an excellent wide receiver. He's he he's arguably the best wide receiver. I think that like you can't wholly dismiss him as the best wide receiver in the NFL. But I think that the the, the talent gap at at wide receivers two and three is noticeable, um, barring a big step up from Shakir. And if the Bills get to keep Dalton Kincaid and he's he's sixty five percent of whatever they seem to be saying he is in camp. I think this is all bills all day and I love it because I, I really don't have any faith in the, in the, in the cornerbacks of the, of the, uh, now look that the pass rush is still the pass rush for the Bengals, but I don't think the quarterbacks are nearly as good. And I, I kind of, I kind of like our cornerbacks and our safeties. I know it's kind of a, a, a hard and awkward statement given sort of the, the, the ups and downs of it last year, but I feel like they're, they're set to have like a good core this year and for me, this is all bills. And I think it's, I think it gets, I think it's like 27, 10. I think it's like an inverse of the playoff game this past year. All right, Scott. Uh, I also think the bills win, but I think it's close. I don't think, I would say that there's a significant, I don't say a significant gap between this team, but I think there is a gap. I don't think it's a, we played last year's game 10 times, the bills win five and the, Bengals win five. I think I think the Bengals were the better team, um, and it, it pains me to say that. And I think obviously the wide receiver switching would, would certainly help the Bills. I think the wide receivers of the Bengals are better for reasons Frank pointed out. I just don't think it's a runaway. I think it's still a, I think it's still a game we're going to have to fight through um, to win. So I would say, yeah, it's still a bit of a shootout, but um, I think the Bills still wins. I have it closer than thirty-one, twenty-four or something. All right. I am, I'll be the point of disagreement on this, and, but I think Scott was head the direction I was going, which is I think it goes to Cincy. Now, don't get me wrong. I think uh, Frank is right here. The Bills get more talent overall than this swap, and they'll get to keep their tight ends, which is a big bonus because the Bills are better there. But as Scott was pointing out, the Bengals also, as Scott had, or Frank had mentioned, there's a better pass rush over there, at least a more consistent pass rush. We're not sure we're going to get out of the Bills this year. Uh, this game is in Cincinnati, which makes a difference. The Bengals ran at will against the Bills last year, and that was the Bills team that had Tremaine Edmonds. Um, we'll see if the Bills' additions up front can make 
uh, a difference. But I think with even the upgrades at wide receiver, they could be offset a little bit by the fact that the Bengals cornerbacks will have practiced against these Bengals receivers and vice versa with the Bills cornerbacks and Bills receivers. So they'll know trends and so forth. It will be tough to uh, fool people as much when you see those habits. So I'm going to say that since he wins this, I think it'll be close. I think the slight town upgrade helps the Bills, but I'll say, I'd say 21 to 20. Um, all right, two games to go on to week 10, <clears throat> November 13th versus the Denver Broncos, 8.15 p.m. on ESPN, Monday Night Football. Now, uh, as you know, this will be the Bills' third straight game in prime time, and appropriately it falls – Smack dab in the middle of the Nielsen ratings fall sweeps month, sweeps month, which goes from October 26th to November 22nd. As such, the result on the field during this game is irrelevant. The winner will be determined by which team produces the most entertainment while on the field. So with that in mind, and I'm just kind of stalling so your brains can get moving a little bit here, uh, what do... What do you think the Bills do to try and entertain the crowd? Uh, what do you think the Broncos do? And again, it's not just the crowd, but the TV audience as well. Mm -hmm. And who ultimately wins this game? And I believe it's time to start with Scott. <clears throat> so I'm immediately thinking this has to be a multi-media, multi, uh, multi-generational kind of multi-gender family entertainment kind of thing. You need to appeal to a lot of the audience. You need to get a lot of those key demos in there. You need the men and the women. You want to have some kids. So now I'm trying to think through who's going to do the better job here. I think both teams are going to have to get um, some star power on the field. Now, Josh can get – Josh can probably get Stanfield on the field, right? But what, she's, what is she going to do? She's going to do a reading. She's going to do a, a, a one-woman show. Like, I don't – like, I think people like her, but I just it's tough for an actress to kind of carry the whole whole thing. Sure. Russell Wilson's going to bring Ciara out. She, she, she can sing. She's going to have a show. She's going to have music. It's going to be a whole event. I think uh, the the – I think the Russell Wilson, like, uh, odd drama there is going to add – so I think Denver, also uh, a bigger city, bigger media market, going to bring in more eyeballs that way. You also have a much bigger, not only just the Denver crowd itself, but the Broncos are like the, the team for basically the entire like Mountain West until you get down to like Arizona, you get up to Vikings country, or you get west to like Seahawks. So there's a lot of people up in that area. I mean, not a lot of people. But it's it's more people than the Bills who are kind of you know we got a bit of Toronto and uh, you know we got New York so I just feel like for a couple of different reasons the entertainment the full media package is going to end up in Denver's way so I think I, I'm going with Denver on this uh, with a a Nielsen rating of like I don't know I think of probably CR of the prime time maybe they pull us I don't know seven seven and a half like that i don't know what a normal monday night football is, but whatever uh, yeah i can look that up while frank is is checking uh no i am i am so mad at scott <laughs> for denigrating the beautiful talented 
Sir, sir, the beautiful, talented, wonderful Haley Steinfeld, who has charted songs herself on the U.S. pop list. Love Myself, Rock Bottom, Starving, Most Girls, Let Me Go, Capital Letters, Back to Life, Afterlife, Wrong Direction, I Love Yous, Coast, Sun Kissing. She's fucking Hawkeye, sir. Sir, she will get out a bow and arrow. She will get out a bow and arrow and shoot the mountain that they have in Denver, whatever that bullshit is, okay? <laughs> Listen, everyone is high as fuck in Denver, okay? It's a weird thing. The air is all funny, okay? It's better to have somebody who is able to go at a slower pace to keep up with these people, okay, who can't breathe very well and are otherwise high. So I feel like Ciara is going to be like way too much energy, okay? Way too much energy for this, okay? Assuming she even likes Russell Wilson anymore because he's awful. Um, went to like a subpar school from what I understand. Um, what I've learned is that he's not like, you know. Um, we're talking about the star of True Grit in 2010 where I first took note of Haley Steinfeld and said, I don't know what's going on, but that little girl's fucking awesome, Okay. Pitch perfect. That scene where they kill the horse, man, that's rough. I still cheese Louise with cheese. I mean, Pitch Perfect two and three. She's Gwen Stacy and Spider Man. I think you could just all the bills got to do bring out a little couch, okay, and bring out um, Christina Baranski, the the girl, the the woman from um, the Good Fight and the Good Wife. That that she's a Bills fan. You get the two of them on the couch, okay. Josh Allen can host. And people will watch that talk show all day. And they'll be like, I don't know what all this noise is going on over on the Denver sideline. This is thoroughly entertaining. And I think the Bills absolutely win um, this going away um, with Hawkeye, sir. Hawkeye, thank you very much. I'm, I'm just, this is just so disappointing. I, just, yep. I understand oh, you're okay. new at this. I understand you're new at this, Scott. From this end, so <laughs> I'm going to cut you some slack, but really, I, I'm going to need you to step it up a bit here, sir. All right. Wow. See, Frank's answer was so good that it is it is now automatically the correct answer, and the Bills win <laughs> by exactly what? that. I had some lame answer about, like, I was going to talk about Josh Allen's secret ha handshakes with people. I was going to talk about Deion Dawkins and all his inappropriate stuff. I was going to talk about all the crazy things that various Bills players do. Uh, but no, Frank's answer was just better than mine. So Frank has chosen correctly. Uh, so good job. And yeah, they're, they're going to be high all the time. They're in Denver. Yeah, it's a bigger market, but they're, they're, they're going to be passed out by the I'm third never quarter. Gonna, Scott is now feeling never like I haven't, I haven't seen Oppenheimer. Hold on. I haven't seen Oppenheimer, but I feel like this is the moment where Scott is having the moment where he realizes the thing he invented is now in the hands of other people and he no longer has control of it. <laughs> No, no, this is, this is, and this is, this, this, none of this counts. None of this is real life. This is, this is like when they started making those James Bonds that were like off brands, like the one with Sean Connery where they just brought him back. The, um, never say never again. Like, it's not, this isn't a real thing. This is like fan fiction for Wacky Schedule. Got it. All right. Okay. Wacky. That's good. All right. So we will wrap up. I will say Frank may have some regrets about the direction he chose to take that in because it's going to strip him from some things he could have used for this uh, particular That's one. That's not true. But, I, I'm a lawyer. I can do anything I want. Yep. 
Go ahead. Sorry. Are you there, Paul? Oh, no. Did we lose Paul? Did we lose oh, Paul? No, I, 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 I didn't mean to upset him, so. I'm living up there. I, can you guys hear me now? I can hear you, and we have a red yeah. dot that says you're recording. So yeah. Scott yeah. took me to task while you were gone over the over how I handled Haley Steinfeld. I'm debating whether to keep this in or not because it's good content, but we're also at an hour and 15 minutes. So <laughs> it's it's well, uh, time to finish here. Well, you may want to keep it in because here's the here's what we're doing for week 11, That's what November 19th against the New York Jets at 4.25 p.m. This is a wrestling stipulation match. So the Jets, as you know, they're going to need a successor to uh, Aaron Rodgers. And who better, who better than Josh Allen? Or who better than Canyon Josh Allen? Canyon comes into play here. Canyon. Yep. Oh, poor Canyon. Yep. Rest in peace. Uh, University of Buffalo graduate, Chris Canyon. Um, the Bills are willing to risk their star QB uh, in this game. Now, I'll explain what's going on here. The Bills are willing to risk their star QB only if the Jets bequeath their Super Bowl championship to Buffalo, finally giving the city a Super Bowl. So um, I'm going to take you back to the year 2000 in World Championship Wrestling. Uh, Buff Bagwell and then positively Chris Canyon, they were in the midst of a program. And to wrap things up, as one did in 2000 WCW, Canyon began stalking Buff's mom, Judy, uh, before finally kidnapping her and challenging Buff to a match to retrieve his mother. His condition, however, was that Judy, Buff's mom, had to be on a pole. And if Canyon won, Buff's mom was his new valet. And so was born the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Only now it's Josh Allen on a forklift. And now we can't just take the Bills franchise QB and expect this to be a fair battle. Can't just take him out of the game. So mm-hmm. in for Jets at QB goes Aaron Rodgers' ex-girlfriend, Shailene Woodley. And in for the Bills is Haley Steinfeld. Okay. So you essentially have the same game, high stakes, a Super Bowl championship for the Bills if they win. But if they lose, they lose <laughs> their star quarterback. This is hard. It I is. Anybody who doesn't know this, the full story of Chris Canyon does, should go look it up because it's a very sad story. And I'm very happy that we're we're in a different place. Uh, so you should go look it up and get depressed about it. Yes. What was that? You should go look it up and get depressed about it, right? Yeah, that's, well, that's I'm happy that a lot of wrestling is not like this anymore. So anyway, I'm just going to leave that there. Um, God. Well, look, I'm all in because I've already said how great Haley Steinfeld is, and I bet her and Josh Allen have been having fun, and he's been teaching her trick plays. And in typical wrestling story fashion, um, I fully expect there to be a twist at the end. I don't think this is a twist where somebody comes out um, and switches sides and is suddenly heel. I think this is one of those deals where – the Jets look like they have it under control because they've got a great running green with Bryce Hall or Brees Hall, and um, they still have an excellent defense. Um, but the Bills are kind of hanging in there, um, and they're going to have to do some stuff. And I think at the just as the just as the the Jets feel like they're about to put the nail in, um, you get a quick turnover, and then that's when Haley breaks out the um, the the uh, the trick play, um, which is in fact um, Josh Allen has shown her how to hurdle players. Um, and she hurdles the queue. She jumps over the queue 
uh, for the winning touchdown because she's an actress and she's an excellent actress and can do anything that she puts her mind to. So I think the Bills win uh, two Oscars to zero and they retain their quarterback and they get bequeathed a uh, money in the bank style Super Bowl victory. Excellent. Um, Scott, what do you think? Okay. So just to be clear, I think Haley Stanfield is fine. I think she's she's a good person. She's a nice lady. <laughs> There's nothing personal against her. But I do feel like I have to say, and as, as, as we often do say, on Wacky Schedule, sometimes a football game is just a football game. And this football game with two, you know, less athletic people on the field at the most important position on the team, on, on, on the field at any given time, uh, that's going to be a big impact. And that's the fact that the Jets have a better run, uh, running attack, better offensive line, and at this point probably a better front seven. Um, you know, the, the Bills receiver advantage pretty much neutralized um, at this point anyway. Uh, so that really turns it into a, a cloud of dust kind of game. I think that lines up a little better with the Jets, and so it hurts a lot. But, yeah, you, you worry about seeing Josh Allen go off in another another jersey, um, and that's, that's, that's a huge bummer. But um, it, I, uh, I got I to gotta go where, where, where the football takes me here, guys. So. All right. Well, Scott's answer is logical and would be correct if – not for something pointed out by Frank, which is it's wrestling. There's going to be some crazy twist. There's going to be something at the end. Uh, and you're right. The, the Jets are going to dominate a lot of this game on the ground, but that does take time. So their scoring is going to be slowed down. I think James Cook is going to, he knows the stakes here. James Cook is going to shine uh, back for the Bills. Sean McDermott's really going to dial up that game plan. The Jets are going to be in a situation where they are up about Four points with, uh, let's say, about 30 seconds left. Bills are out of timeouts. Shailene Woodley is sent out there, like, just just take the knee. Uh, snap is to Shailene Woodley. She looks at the crowd. She looks at Aaron Rodgers. She flips him off and flips the ball to Matt Milano, who runs in the opposite direction for the game-winning Super Bowl clinching. Granted, it's a 1970s Super Bowl, but still a 1970s <laughs> Super Bowl clinching win for the Buffalo Bills, who get to keep their franchise quarterback and watch the New York Jets lose the only thing they can ever hold over the Buffalo Bills franchise. Yep. Uh, and that is how we've wrapped up my portion of Wacky Schedule. I got to say, I feel like the camera has to cut to Joe Namath and Fireman Ed, like tearing up their programs and yelling and pointing at the referee and... <laughs> It doesn't – it all just gets drowned out. It's okay, Scott. We're going to get you to watch some more wrestling this year. It was an excellent wacky schedule. It was an excellent <laughs> wacky schedule. And we're going to get Scott some more – we're going to get Scott some more uh, wrestling. Um, but we're not going to do it right now because we're an hour and 20 in uh, unless I've cut this down after you've heard it. This was an awesome episode for only having three segments. It was a lot of fun. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Bills MNY on Twitter or whatever it's called now. And uh, let your friends know we got a we'll record next week where we'll have another uh, one of these where it's this day in Bill's headlines and we'll do some wacky schedule and we'll have some fun. 
Uh, but it's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.